0: Dungeon Leap Interlude Okay, uh, so we are back into it. Steve and I are about to carry on the story of Leap as he passes through a portal back into a mysterious realm. Leap, you are... um, just ricocheting out of that crazy experience and flying towards a memory and that memory looks looks kind of like a crystal and it looks like your past and it looks like knowledge and it looks amazing and you have this tiny moment that also takes forever because time works a bit weird out here as you are closing in on it so before you connect with this memory and we do that but um, Steve do you want to say something about Leap's head whatever experience he is having, having right now, what his
1: emotions are. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, so Leap's obviously just finished um, what he believes to be in his first sort of post-out-of-body or in-body experience um, uh, as, as somebody else, and um, that's disconcerting but um, it's incredibly disconcerting. He doesn't have any context. He knows it's wrong, but it's also um, uh, he doesn't know who else he is. So, so I, th- I guess there's sort of this chance that some insider knowledge, um, which he can just feel, is, is, is his. Uh, and and so Leap's to sort of like he's got this massive unsettled feeling of um, this location, but also comfort and knowledge that this thing is there and will provide any light um, on on who Leap is or was or will be. Uh, oh,
0: well, speaking of light, the weird kind of purpley, blue, ultraviolet light of this this unusual space envelops you as you connect with the crystal. The crystal becomes part of you and it, it just lights up your mind it lights up everything because you can experience a memory you can regain and recover some of your past now how we're going to be doing this uh the memories that leap is going to recover are going to be mostly created by steven himself so this is an opportunity for steve the player to come up with some cool stuff that um, i as dm will be listening to and building on so it's a, a great opportunity to share the creative energy around the place. And um, I'm really excited to see where we're gonna go with this. Now, um, there's a lot of things that could inspire you, Steve, as you come up with um, what we're about to hear. Um, we haven't we haven't pre-planned it. I know that you've had a little bit of thought because one of the inspirations that you have is the experience that you've just gone through as LEAP. Um, but there's also, I've got a little table of prompts that we can call upon if you need any any extra poking and prodding, but I think I'm just going to hand over to you um, as Steven the player, tell us how you're going to approach it um, this first time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does feel kind of like the stakes are really high for this first (laughs) move. So so I'm going to approach it like I do with all improv and just vacillate a lot uh, and circle around until I finally land on the point or or just pick something. Um, But in this case, just just laying in some platform, right? So so essentially, the bench we just had, there was a Gorgon involved, um chaos agents and so on. but that's what's that's the stuff, right? but the 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 themes and the experiences that that Leif had as Dougal Black, you know I mean, um, he was Dougal's clearly there for his friends. He's implicitly trusted by um his party. um and he's bringing people who, um, with a range of skills, but also, you know, veiled street performers, ambitious street performers, um, you know, had a, a cleric who was um, overly trusting of other people's clerical abilities, and and so on. Um, and I think, I think the fact that uh, Dougal felt like he always had a plan, and that his party always felt like Dougal had a plan, um, is a really sort of those are the the innate things that made up Dougal and that experience for Leap. So um, it gives me something I think in terms of like um, right, so so the, the sort of the the flashes that come to to Leap's mind in this case is sort of your um he's he, he sort of sees himself well, he sees his own perspective right so so um. Uh, and and he's looking out, and there's a there's a crowd of um, uh, I guess uh, twenty people in a uh, in a crowded tavern, um, and uh, um, and they're all just looking at him. Um, it's as though the the music the pin on a record player has just sort of come up, and and it's an eerie silence, and everyone's just looking at. Um, at, 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 me. And, um, uh, uh, and you've just, I've just got this, like, real strong sense of confidence that, um, that, yeah, people are looking at me because I've done something that gets their attention. And, um, I look down, sort of, not sure what to see. Is it going to be a, a, a guitar or a lute or a, a great picture? And no, it's, 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 um, blood all over my hands. Um, and there is a um is a is an, a, a, like a body on the ground, um uh, and it's a it's a, looks like it's a it's a relatively tall, um slender, I can kind of make out an Elven thing, and um uh, a sense of dread but also a little bit of confidence still in the memory, as I hear he's killed the prince.
0: Um, awesome um, awesome Awesome. so give us give us as you as we look at that body through your um perspective like what's what's one um kind of thing that the prince is wearing or this uh, this body is wearing that um we can hold on to like describe something yeah it's a purple
1: tunic he's wearing a purple tunic um and he's got like this golden crest on the back and it's hard well like Everything else about the room is kind of fuzzy and vague, but this crest is very distinctive um, and it's a crest of um, a, a crescent moon um, surrounded um, by uh, three stars um, and 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 there's a, um, a a flaming torch lit underneath the, the sigil so it's kind of like it's a, the moon stars and the and, and a torch um, That's awesome. Cool,
0: I've got one other question about this body there. Right. Um, this body bleeding out? Uh, does it look like this was kind of one one strike, or has this has is are there lots of wounds as, and this person looks like they've been in a in a fight? Was it an assassination or was it a fight?
1: I okay. so the wounds look, there's definitely blood on on Leap's hands. Um I would say that it's a it was a single act. Nice. Whether right. it was an assassination or not, right. I don't know. Yep. But it was a, It wasn't a. Yep. Um, uh, a I could, it wasn't a bar fight that went one one step too far. Awesome. Um, uh, like it wasn't like, yeah. Wow. But like it was a single a single thing that may or may not have been intentional.
0: Awesome. Well, this is a very intense memory that uh, Leap is recovering here. Is, is there any more to it that you want to add, or um, is it starting yes, to there's wind up? a little up?
1: girl in the room, and she's the only other thing that's clear. A little girl in the room, and she stands out because she's so clear compared to everybody else. Oh, yeah. And she's, um, she's just looking at, at me intently with a sort of a, just a quizzical look, like a, a light tilt of the head, sort of like a, huh. Nice and that's up
0: cool and as that little girl's head tilts i think there is more of that light bursting free as the memory is absorbed into you so you remember all this it's it's part of you now and it's something it's probably the as it's the only memory that leap has it's something that you can obsessively go over and over and over um, but right now you are suddenly feeling your stomach or what passes for your stomach in this weird reality dropping because you are out in this vortex of wind and energy once again, portals flying distantly hither and yon and one in front of you. It's You can see through it. You can sense more of that light, more of your past. There must be a memory in there. Maybe you can recover that one too. You just need to get to it, and all it will take is for you to go with this wind and to leap.
1: I think, I mean, that's amazing, I think the force of that memory leaves him both pleased that he's got some insight into his life, but also a little uncertain that he wants any more of it. He <laughs> might, might not <laughs> like these days.
0: Um If you're going to be heading through that portal to move on to your next adventure, Stephen, I'm going to leave the last words in this little section to you.
1: Do I roll to walk through the portal? Oh, like?
0: you just need to say something emphatic.
1: Ah, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we move on to more adventures. Welcome to our first Dungeon Leap interlude. You just heard Stephen Youngblood and I work out the memory recovered by Leap right after our first arc, Leap on the Borderlands. We've left in all the discussion and the process stuff because I like being able to share with you what's actually involved in making this game happen. Um... Now, if you just want to follow the story of Leap's adventures, you can skip the rest of this episode. But if you want to dive a little deeper, you're in the right place. Before our first episode, before Stephen's character leaped into the body of Dougal Black, the rest of the players and I got together for a secret meeting where we explored what had happened just before. So you're about to hear some of that preparation. You can hear ideas being created on the spot by our amazing players. You can listen as we get through the details of their first expedition to the caves of chaos there's so much good stuff here and i'm so glad to share it with you after that we'll finish off the episode with some out of character chats with our three players harriet Preble, fraser pete and jared baker they are super interesting cats i know you'll enjoy getting to know them um, we're so lucky to have them on the podcast so let's begin let's begin with some invented history you're at the Keep, you're right on the Borderlands, at the edge of this this great opportunity, but the journey so far hasn't been boring after all, you're Level 3, so you've had some hmm. adventures along the way, some small adventures. Um, so what I'd like to hear from each of you is a tiny adventure that you had. Let's go um, starting with Harriet this time and Fraser last.
2: Well, I mean, a lot of adventures seem quite big to me because I'm quite small. So a tiny adventure that I had was one time there were tiny, tiny ants, but they were everywhere, okay? There were a lot of ants, and I know you're laughing right now because it's like ants is not a really big deal, but actually when there's a lot of ants and they get together, they can move things. They can move really big things, and there were heaps of ants, and they were moving all the furniture out of the small village, and so anyway, we had to squish the ants, and it took all afternoon. It was pretty serious, okay? And that was a tiny adventure that we had.
0: (laughs) That is is awesome. That is a great tiny adventure. Jared?
3: We, uh, we had to get inside
0: a, uh,
3: a keep. It's a castle. Big building. We had, we had to get in there, but, you know, these things have roar bridges, portcullises sizes, and uh, an open from the outside. What I did, I reached out my invisible hand and and out, and it pulled on the, on the lever that opened the portcullis inside the keep. Nice. Nice.
0: Fraser, uh, Bali, I should say. Bali.
4: Well, this one time, we were all going, we were out in one of these, like, cities, right, and, um, and Dougal had said, you've got to try this ice cream stuff, you know, and I'd never had it before, and I, and I do like food, so I was always game to try anything, and so we were, we walked out of the ice cream shop, and this his big job, right? He came and he tripped over us and fell over. And he was this might strange fellow. And this other guy with an eye patch, um, you know, what seemed to be like chasing him, he tackled him. And he was like, Oh, yo, Loki, you got away from me again, but ah, I've averted Ragnarok this time. And um, yeah, it was so strange,
0: but I tell you what, that gelato, it was the best thing I've ever eaten. One thing that you have learned over these adventures is that Dougal is really good at planning. So what I would like from each of you is a, a moment when Dougal asked you to do something that only you could have done, and he had faith in you to do it. Okay. Um, well, Dougal's assignment for me, um, and it
4: was a bit surprising, you know, and it wasn't easy, I have to say, but he was like, I need 40 fruit pies And, you know, he came to the right person. I managed to make them for him. Um, Problem is, is that he said they all got to be cherry. And I I couldn't find that many cherries. So only about 10 of them are cherry. And the rest are, you know, peach pie and apple pie. And, you know, and then I had to get a bit creative because, you know, they kind of wrecked me out of fruit in the keep at this point. So I managed to put together a, a custard tart. And I'm hoping that would be okay. But, you know, I got together the 40 various pies. Not all of them were the fruit pies they wanted, but
0: I got them together. Amazing. Amazing. Um, (laughs) uh, Who else? Jared. Let's have have Jared a a time, a plan, a moment that uh, you were called to do something that only
3: you could do. On uh, one of our previous papers, uh, we needed to uh, get a, uh, was a, say a chest. It was quite a small chest. Uh, And there was a group of um, unsavory characters looking after this chest. Dougal still never told us why we needed this chest, but uh, we had to go in, to sneak in, or somehow make our way in uh, to, to get this, this, this chest for the table, unsavory characters around it. And uh, Dougal got me to disguise us all as members of the gang, using my disguise kit. We all dressed up as members of the gang, snuck in together, infiltrated their uh, their card game, I swiped the chest. And got away before the makeup melted.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love it. <clears throat>
0: I love it. Um Harriet, what is what is the time that your special skills, your special qualities were used in a plan? That showed he knew something about who you were and what you were good at.
2: One time, Dougal got me to go and and stand behind a guard and, and read a letter that he was reading, and then and then look at him and then convey with my mind what I had read, which was sort of strange because I didn't really know that I could do that. But he had a really—he just believed in me, you know and uh and it was weird because all they had to do was just think about it and then he had the thought in his mind um anyway he, he kind of got a funny look on his face after that and then he told me we were going to be the best of friends i don't really understand what he meant
0: chancel the bailiff spoke quietly to dougal and said i've been hearing some rumors that there's some weird stuff happening in these caves can you guys sneak out there and have a look and see if you can find out what's happening and so that was that was kind of your mission so this morning you left the keep Dougal says to you all right i'm gonna head over that way have a quick look and then i'll be back don't get into trouble and then he he goes and he leaves the three of you at the entrance to this ravine on the edge of the forest with no clear idea of what you were supposed to do except to stay put and not get into trouble. So um, let's let's join the three of you as you are trying not to get into trouble. and You're looking around. Um, any of you who uh, wish to can maybe roll a 20-sided dice. And if you roll a number above 10, then you notice that there's a big vulture sitting on an old tree nearby watching you closely.
3: Right, so...
4: He said not to get into any trouble, but does he mean that like, we have to be quiet or just not leave?
2: I think the talking is trouble. Is talking trouble? Oh.
4: Well, I, I don't know. Oh, I was getting kind of bored. I was thinking, you know, maybe I could pull out the harmonica, we could or maybe we could start a fire, you know, pass the time. I could uh we could roast some marshmallows. But, you know, I just I don't but I think some of that's probably counts as getting into trouble, you know, if we're not trying to be, Be noticed, you know. Maybe a fire at the cave entrance is not the smartest idea. I, I I don't. I. What, what, what do you reckon, Sebastian?
3: You think to understand what means by trouble? We think. If Dougal was in trouble,
4: what would that mean? Well, we'd go to his rescue, of course. I mean, what situation would he consider trouble? Well, the last time he said, All "Right, we're in trouble now." uh, barley was when we were strung up by ogres over that um, of, um that pot of boiling oil, and they were going to cook us. So, do you do you think that's what's going on? So I, don't I, don't, well, I don't.
2: So, no marshmallows then, because if cooking is trouble, then
4: that's true. Actually, I, that's I think... right. It was the... My, You know, you're really smart. more at the end of
3: murder being trouble, right? I think well, anything short of being murdered probably fine. Great. Right. Right. Don't worry,
4: I'll I'll keep an eye out for you too. I'm not gonna let you get murdered on my watch.
2: <laughs> it's Really nice of you to say. Thank you.
0: I really appreciate yes. that. No, you're you're welcome. All right. Did did any of you roll well on that little nope. perception thing? I got I a seventeen. A seventeen, brilliant. Yep. I'm um, cool. But, so um see a vulture <laughs> free free you have you've noticed this vulture sitting in the tree and you notice the vulture suddenly um take wing and the others the other two of you notice it as well the heavy wings as it um, heads up into the sky and as your attention is in the direction of the vulture it means that this other thing that crests the um boulder nearby you well it doesn't exactly take you by surprise but um speaking to free free it doesn't take free free by, by surprise but you others are certainly going to be surprised by this thing um because it's kind of quiet and the light is all weird because it's the sun is only just about to start rising properly and it, it's so strange so there's just suddenly the sense of movement and um tiny stones falling from the boulder and this thing that's like waving tentacles and weird, dark, empty eyes and this flash of bones moving and blades, it's, it's almost incomprehensible. This thing that just comes charging towards you with a big, scary bite. So we're going to talk about how things unfold from here. But I just want you to know, um, as we go through this, this is the encounter that you're going to have that is going to convince you when Dougal comes back that you should get back to the get back to the keep because you right. need to recover a bit from what has just happened so um we'll yeah we'll just kind of narrate our way through through this to get you suitably freaked out and surprised and and hurt um but let's Figure out how this uh initial round goes with uh free free. You you are there as this thing comes over the top. What's your initial reaction? You're the only one can who can really react to it in the first instance.
2: Uh my initial reaction to seeing a big scary tentacle thing would probably be to hide behind one of these guys in the first instance. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um brilliant. <laughs> give, give me a hiding roll. I love that.
2: Oh, hiding roll.
0: Yeah clack 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 it's a two <laughs> a two
5: <laughs> and I actually do have disadvantage on stealth so it could potentially be
0: <laughs> wow okay so that is a that is a very very bad role um I think this is trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so I think what it is is that you go to hide behind one of these two people and You do so, only you realize that you weren't actually hiding behind either of them. You were hiding behind a a tree that looked kind of like them. And as you were hiding behind the tree, this thing, uh, like, it just swipes through the side of the tree, and it's right on top of you with its, there's tentacles, there's there's a mouth, and this, um, something that looks like a skull comes sweeping past your face in the dim light it's hard to work out what's going on but what is as it's on the end of a tentacle you don't really know and you feel the um whoosh of a blade just narrowly missing you um it's it's a very scary moment i i rolled pretty badly for its attack so you're you're not the one who's going to be going back nursing a big wound at this point mm. you might just all be freaked out and that's why you go back we'll see what happens um so it's um kind of come burling towards you you can't see it clearly um barley and uh sebastian how how are you going to react to this thing so i think um
4: barley has you know turned to sebastian and that's why he hasn't noticed this at all and he's like hmm so what's your opinion on you know which is better mead or ale and um and then like there's this clatter and like he spins around as like all this is going on with free free um and he's like oh no and he um and he just charges for it and tries to tackle this thing off free free so give us a um athletics type role oh um strength yeah no no i just realized i need to turn off a, a plug-in uh mm, that's a terrible role. uh there's a two plus five so seven
0: seven all right um i think uh he's there yeah <laughs> you you leap towards this thing um mm-hmm. as you do so um you feel these weird tentacles uh, wrap around your arm and you brush up against something hard and unyielding and as that happens you um i'm i'm going to say that you fail your saving throw because we want this to go badly you yep, fail your enough. saving throw and you feel yourself overcome by a horrific paralysis ah oh, you are you are stuck you cannot move sebastian what do you do i'm
3: Panicking at this point, uh, <laughs> I, I sometimes magic just seems to happen when I, I panic, and and web and a, a, a massive mess of web suddenly appears. In, <laughs> nice. that, in that um in that space so between the ravines sort of just just and just kind of like a lot of Sebastian's magic just kind of goes. <laughs> <boomf! And>
0: suddenly, <laughs> it's just awesome all right so um so the, the big ravine is too big for the web to go across it but between trees and boulders oh in the immediate vicinity <laughs> yep this web just comes up and wraps around this thing um the tentacles kind of release uh bali so bali you you fall limp and paralyzed uh free free you're right underneath this this thing which is trapped in this big web you see tentacles you see this horrific um kind of biting mouth but the mouth is um it's, it's like as it pulses there's a little spurt of what seems like ichor or blood from inside it and this thing lets out this weird little Chittering, squeal, and thrashes against the web. It's strong enough that it's going to break out of the web and and get gone pretty soon. But I think we're right now. We're with you, Free Free. How how are you going to react to this weird situation?
2: I'm probably wait. You said there's a different creature trapped in there, or it's all just one big creature.
0: Well, there might be something else trapped in the mouth. That's yeah. There's something. There's something going on, but it's too dark to see clearly. Um... Unless you want to spend some time trying to figure that out which you could do
2: yeah i would
5: probably cast like light to try and mm-hmm. see if there's some if there's something that needs to be saved in there like nice. okay.
0: you cast light um i think this will be we'll, we'll make this the end of the interaction As the thing kind of wrestles with the web and pulls itself free you see there's tentacles around this sharp mouth and inside the mouth, the mouth is big enough to eat a person, and it's got a skeleton kind of sticking out of it. Or is it two skeletons? It's like a jumble of bones, and one of the bones sticking out is a skeletal arm with a sword, and the sword's kind of waving around. And there's bones inside the mouth, but the mouth is there's something stopping it from closing down on what's inside it the bones or whatever is in there it can't close its mouth it's in pain from what's happening in the mouth it's thrashing around the skeletons waving its sword around it pulls out of the web the web shatters and it just kind of slithers away it's like a giant um giant worm or giant centipede and it just disappears over a boulder and it's it's gone and the three of you are left alone this weird sudden dangerous encounter is over but barley is Paralysed, barley. Give us, give us a saving throw. See if you, see if you recover. Constitution of you your own accord. Yep. Uh, 16. 16. Very nice. That's that, okay. So you're, um, you're shaking off that weird paralysis. Um, yeah. Kind of coming to now that you're not held in oh. the tentacles, you're not actively being, um, being, uh, carried away, frozen for later consumption by that horrible mouth. Um. So as you're dropping down, Dougal reappears and takes in the situation. Free um, Free, because you were uh, up close with your light, you notice that the, um, there's a couple of um, bones that are still stuck in the remnants of the web that were broken off in the thrashing. And uh, one of them is kind of uh, the upper torso of the this, this skeleton um, around the head and around its neck is there's a little medallion with a red stone in it um and uh yeah that you you spot that that is that is there as the web starts to dissolve around it
2: am i tall enough to reach it
0: um i think as the web dissolves it will fall into your hand how about that are are you too okay
2: a secret medallion
0: (laughs) well it's very pretty thank you um doogle um Says, be careful! Be careful with that free free. take Care of it.
2: Oh, I wasn't going to get into any trouble.
0: There is trouble right. happening up here. I think well, we need it, to go back. It weren't us. We we didn't get into the trouble. <laughs> mm. Um. He uh, kneels down in amongst the the web, and he pulls out of it something else that must have fallen off the skeletons. You guess because it's tangled in the remnants remnants of the web. It's like a like a big leather bag. But the bag looks all kind of wrecked. It's got little um, holes in it, and he kind of inspects it closely. And he's inspecting it closely with that, that look that he has when he's assessing a situation and um, doing doing the Sherlock Holmes thing, putting two and two together and getting eight. And um, he's, he's uh, nodding and says, yeah, we definitely need to get back. The curate, Elder Woolry holds this amulet and um, does some investigation of it, um, carefully does um, tests, and there's a sense of evil attached to this, evil from, uh, from the demonic realms. And as the curate investigates this further, suddenly he has this horrific vision. His eyes go big and his face goes white and he's stammering, a vision of horror. There's a sacrifice, a sacrifice to a demon at sunset, at the caves. It will be doom, doom for the keep, doom. And then he collapses and falls into this sleep, this uh, feverish sleep. So I, I'm, I think I'm going to say that Free Free, you would have been there, given your um, clerical status, and Dougal was there, but probably you other two weren't. So you you both saw this happen, saw the curate fall. And uh, the bailiff and Dougal have some conversations and um, Dougal talks to Free Free and says, I think we need to go back.
2: Well, I mean, that does sound like a lot of trouble, but I think we have to do it to rid the world of evil. I'll do what you say, Dougal.
0: Dougal's like, "I'm, I'm just doing it for the payment.
2: I can reconcile my morality with that.
0: (laughs) Ali is Mm -hmm. going to be sent to get horses because we need speed. Sunset is not far away. You need to get back out there. You can't spend two hours walking. You need to ride. You've got a pony already, which has um, been kept in the stables. So you're going to go to the stables. Who who at the stable have you made friends with? Oh, everyone. Um, Good answer. (laughs) um, But uh,
4: it turns out it's... um, Josephine, who's on um, that evening um she loves horses as much as I love ponies um, and we've made great friends um and um she's been badgering me for my um secret family recipe for that um um plum tart that I make I and um I've resisted so far but because we need the horses I've given her the uh the recipe so that um <laughs> uh so that she, and she's given us horses for the for the
0: night wonderful cool
5: you gave her your plum,
0: sebastian um you have been told to go and get a um a handheld mirror a good strong steel backed handheld mirror from a guild mistress the guild mistress at the keep is going to have a decent high quality handheld mirror how are you gonna convince the mistress? Do you have a relationship with this person already? Um, how, how are you gonna because we're gonna meet you with this mirror in your position? How did you get it? As you know,
3: I'm extremely charismatic. Yeah. I uh, Produce out of thin air roses one after the other after the other present them and say these roses Are beautiful, (laughs) but not as beautiful as you, madam. Can I borrow that mirror of yours?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Free Free, you are sent to get um some vials of holy water blessed water now the curate is out for the count you can't go there but there's a nice visiting priest in the adventure module this this is a very handy adventure module because it mentions there's a visiting priest as well as the curate um so he sent you to go and talk to this um priest who's kind of passing through has been staying at the keep about the same length of time that you guys have um how are you going to be coming away with some holy water what's what's the vibe of your relationship with the priest or how does that go
2: well I'm going to go to the priest and tell him that all the water should be holy water. That's like that. It's everywhere. I mean, no one should really be drinking unholy water because that's a little bit evil and they shouldn't be washing with evil water and they shouldn't be cooking with evil water. Really, if you think about it. So I'm going to say, look, I'll just take a little bit of holy water away from you. But really, you should stock up and stop having all of your <laughs> citizens like rubbing themselves with evil
0: wonderful what right, just got a message from stephen saying he's ready i'm very excited now to take some time to talk to fraser pete fraser you are um a uh old and important figure for the diceratops project and i'm really excited to have you on board for the first episode the first story of this new phase that we're entering with dungeon leap so welcome 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 how are you going yeah good thanks thanks for um uh,
4: well again for inviting me to be part of um the first leap story that's pretty cool
0: so you of course were one of the very very first people that i talked to about doing some kind of dnd show way back yeah, in the day indeed um, and uh, you have been involved in various capacities. Out of all of all of the little bits and pieces that you've done, do you anything anything stand out? Any little highlights in your memory? Uh, I think playing
4: the um, the Modron and just having an idea of uh, how to play a cute robot, and I I, I always felt like I mean I don't know if other people would share this opinion but personally I always felt like I nailed that one role um and that was always a something I was quite proud of that
0: Modron character that you played was mm. brilliant that was in front of a live audience and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the final line of dialogue mm-hmm. that you delivered there made mm. the whole audience just react with just absolute joy and affection. That was a great moment. That was a really, yeah. really good time. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. No, so this time one. out, you mm. played Barley Good Barrel. Now, yeah. um, the initial premise that um, I laid out to you and Harriet and Jared was that I wanted these adventuring friends of um the character Stephen would join to be to be lovable. That was kind of the only steer that you got, and from that you all went on your various rifts. So tell me tell me about Barley. Tell me where Barley came from and what you were what you were doing with him. I really
4: enjoy playing characters that people can love. Um, and like with not it's at a table, with not, you know, it's playing that Modron, like I, I feel like if people don't care about your character, you know, then they're not going to care. Fundamentally, like good or ill that happens to them, um, if they don't have something to hang it all on, then well, this doesn't really mean much to them. Um, I guess is where I come from with that. Now, of course, you know, people can care because they hate a character, but honestly, I sometimes I think it's actually harder to make a hateable character who's also interesting. Like, I'm always impressed with actors who can do that because it's, it's tough. And, like, honestly, it's, it's easier and thus, for me, more fun to play characters that, you know, I think are lovable.
0: Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry, I, that, I kind of... No, it's interesting that you bring that up because that was one of the things that Stephen brought to the storyline that um, I, I didn't expect, none of us really expected the take on the character that he was going to bring, which was that... Mm. He was gonna come in playing this leaping character as as a bit of a dick in a lot of mm. ways. Um mm. partly because he doesn't really realize what's happening is is mm. real and um there are more layers to it that he's confided in me that we'll explore in future storylines. Sure. But um yeah, how did how did um you find kind of playing against that?
4: Yeah, well, I think that um Harriet quite quickly identified um, with her character that her character was going to be the one who was hurt by um, Leap's um, uh, change in demeanor, I guess, is the Hmm. best way to sort of phrase that. And so, yeah, I didn't think it was interesting to sort of have two people playing that same violin. Um, And so I was like, all right, well, I'll play the guy who, against all odds, against all information to the contrary assumes that this is all just fine this is all just part of you know leaps not leaps because um, that's he doesn't think of him as leap yeah but Dougal. The chara- Dougal, the character that leap is in essence playing um yeah. you know he's just like yeah i trust doogle implicitly and therefore anything that Dougal does must be part of the plan he's smarter than me so whatever i'll just roll with it
0: yeah no that was that was um it was really interesting to watch the the different reactions as you were yeah. highlighting there from from you three players to um what was happening there. I think the three of you, Jared and Harriet and yourself managed to um really do a good job of conveying the sense of a group of adventurers who knew each other and who had been mm. in the game for a while when obviously you you had not. Sometimes it just works, I guess. Um you know, even though I haven't really played with either of them before. I fell in love with this group of characters. And I think one of the Hmm. one of the dangers of uh this format, this leaping format, is that we're going to have these stories and I'm just gonna keep falling in love with the groups of characters. (laughs) As, as we go and want to do more of them i think all of them deserve their own podcast series mm. um but i'm you know i'd love to i'd love to see more of these these particular characters in future like i love i love the way that Bali ended up making friends with the medusa yeah so do you have any any thoughts about um where that particular relationship might be might be headed in future for Bali? um look i think Bali's one of those guys who just gives
4: people the benefit of the doubt and you know unless he sees yeah, you know, or, or, no, that's not fair. Unless he gets the sense that this person is truly going to do harm to people, or you know, is going to be cruel, you know, he's like they're just doing their business, and he's just going to support them in that kind of thing. So I think <laughs> you know, unless she does do some kind of real bad, you know, heel turn, I think he'd be you know happy just being a friend and you know going on <laughs> adventures. That's just his vibe.
0: Well, um, we might we might discover more as as time goes on. So, um. Before we uh, before we kind of wrap things up here, I just want to um, ask you a uh, ask you a question about leaping characters. Stephen, of course, is playing this character Leap, who lands mm-hmm. in um, the middle of adventures that are uh, going on in this Dungeons and Dragons world. And so, I want to ask you about your own experiences playing games like D anD D or other games, mm-hmm. and think of a time when you have played a character who had a pretty interesting experience. And um, something that would be, you think would be a, a good experience for Stephen to leap into. You'd like to see how he would handle whatever was going on for you in that character. Mm-hmm. Is there, does anything come to mind that you could tell us about? So,
4: the first idea in some ways that comes to mind is that I have played a little bit with Stephen, and Stephen likes to play, you know, not this, but he, he, he has shown that he likes to play, you know, dumb silly characters from time to time and i think it would be very meta but kind of hilarious to watch him jump into someone else in that group having to deal with the shit oh parma language having to deal with the uh shenanigans that his own character has pulled
0: Can you think of a specific example? That's brilliant. Oh, just any
4: (laughs) of the Randy stuff from Diceratops. You know, just so many times that Randy the dwarf, um, you know, managed to get everyone into trouble, and, you know, it was up to everyone else to have to, you know, pull him out of the fire. Um, Yeah, I think that would be funny, but that might be quite a niche uh, specific kind of callback, but, you know, it would amuse me. Um, other than that, um, from my own sort of you know gaming background, hmm, let me think. Well, I've been thinking a lot about Exalted recently, mm-hmm. um, which is a, uh, for those who don't know, uh, an RPG setting. Um, it's been around for nearly twenty years, and the simplest explanation I always go to is fantasy superheroes, yep. and honestly, like any of the. Games were played that were set in exalted or any kind of exalted situation, um, where someone who has no clue as to the rules of that reality or of their own abilities, you know, gets suddenly thrust into, you know, a character in media res and one of the heightened, dramatic, whoosha combat moments of that game would be, in my opinion,
0: pretty funny. Nice, brilliant, brilliant. Oh well, um, I can. Yeah, I can see landing in that very, very heightened situation where I, I, I've never played Exalted, but I understand yeah. in most editions of the game you can you can roll an awful lot of dice. To yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a I, uh, as kind of a visual symbol of the amount of power that is is absolutely. flying around. Yeah, the place. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's a it's a great setting, uh, great concept for a game, um, that has. A terribly clunky rule system that um, really does it a disservice, in my opinion.
0: But, you know, I'll probably get some people hating me for that, but that's that's how all right I well I'll, I'll make sure to leave that dramatic hot take in there and that will that will generate some, <laughs> some feedback to the podcast mm. all <laughs> right phrase we probably um are on the point of winding up our little chat so mm. um to do that is there anything that you want to promote or share and where can people find you if they want to find you
4: well God I'm not sure I want people to find me uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but but in terms of stuff to um uh promote if you haven't gone vaccinated, get vaccinated. Um, COVID's still out there and the best way to keep yourself protected if you're in New Zealand and you haven't had a booster yet, well, if you're over 16, you can get a booster um, if it's been at least three months since your first two doses. And uh, if you have had one booster, uh, you can get a second if you're over 50 or if you're over 30 and you work in healthcare, or if you're over 16, you have some kind of you know, significant underlying health condition. And of course, it's um, been six months since your previous booster. Thank
0: you, Fraser. Strong support for that. Great to talk to you, my friend. You're very welcome. Okay, I'm here with Jared Baker, Jared. You have been uh, one of the players in our experience, the Leap on the Borderlands, playing one of the uh, one of the companions of Dougal Black. Um, remind us who you were playing in that in that game? uh it was it was the uh the great
3: the great sebastian sebastian Intwistle. uh he was a uh, half-elf uh sorcerer um sorcerer partly because uh we wanted to have um like some some sort of some sort of spellcaster in the mix but also it, I, f- I felt like it was quite important that it, that it not be important for him to be smart <laughs> um and, and sorcerers is sort of perfect for that we can have we can have that kind of charismatic idiot um yeah. <laughs> who's uh who's nevertheless a, a fairly powerful spellcaster
0: um yeah. so in a, in a glimpse behind the curtain the kind of the um recipe that we were aiming for with this group of characters was that it would be kind of a traditional style adventuring party and also <laughs> that your characters would be would be kind of lovable would be um appealing and would be friendly with each other how did how did that idea of um making a kind of friendly character play into what you were doing with Sebastian
3: um well, well i think it, like i i tried to have someone who was kind of like almost likable in spite of himself like the the, the 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 thing the thing that i had in my head was that it was the character of sort of a stage magician like think um job from arrested development um uh, and uh, um but like what if what if that like that that sort of stage magician found out that the reason he was good at sleight of hand because it was because he was actually magical again Fitting into that you know that's that sorcerer kind of found power um or 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 you know natural <laughs> um power thing but but again that kind that kind of that kind of um you know goofy thing, you know the the, the the and this is this is a thing that's just that has just happened upon that it's the, like it's just happened to him it's not like the um you know spent hours studying this <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> but but you know that 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 thing, that thing like almost people might like him in spite of himself even though if left to his own devices with a different group of people
0: <laughs> he could be kind yeah. of an asshole um <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I, certainly i felt that i felt the kind of job energy um, playing around in there that that was coming yep. through, and it does it does also put me in mind of well, oh, there must be a magic item for a, a segue. There must be a magical segue out there for a job character yeah. to be roaming around on. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so absolutely,
3: and and we also like for the, for the context of 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 this, you know, given that it's it's leap story, it was sort of quite important. Like we have this classic adventuring party, but you kind of. You want characters that are going to be, um, you know, a good balance for him, but you also want people who are not necessarily going to solve the problem for him, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Particularly a in particular when yeah. yeah,
0: the character that he was in was, was meant to be able to solve all these problems. So that was a real challenge that was in front of him. Yeah. Not stepping on his toes there was good. That was, I felt um, Stephen did a, did a pretty amazing job trying to, um, put things together there as well as as well as playing the personality of of the character. Now you've, you've played a lot with Stephen um, mm-hmm. in the Last Diceratops campaign. Of course, you and he were in lots of games together. Um, what was the what was the vibe of this one in comparison to those? How did it feel different playing playing of opposite Leap as opposed to opposite uh, Randy Dwarf?
3: a little bit you know not not a hundred percent a role reversal because he wasn't like the we we had a we had a different character i guess uh in the in the in the in the mixed phrases character was was probably a closer analog to to randy dwarf and that kind of you know le- uh, less 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 gung-ho but more more that simple kind of um thing but it was but it was a little bit of a rever- of a reversal like playing front Front was i guess a more um you know cerebral considered character and um pl- playing off randy's you know see it think it do it kind of thing and this was more you know leap figuring things out doing it so quite a quite a different yeah v- very very different for both of us very different things or roles for both of us to play <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a cool experience to um, kind of watch that dynamic develop and play out across our across our episodes. It's um yeah, yeah, it was very cool and I'm looking forward to the next time you and Steven are playing together in one of these leap episodes and you might be in Sebastian again or you might you might be a completely different character. We'll have to we'll have to yeah. wait and see what's coming down <laughs> the track for that. Um, and I say that with no knowledge myself. We we haven't pre-planned <laughs> enough to know um what's coming. So we're we're gonna yeah. be as surprised as the the listeners are a little bit in advance. Exactly. If you find yeah. a gap,
3: put me in it. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Cool. So I have a question for you, Jared. If um obviously the premise of Dungeon Leap is that Steven's character Leap jumps into the body of um adventuring type figures in the middle of crazy situations and has to negotiate his way out of them if he was going to jump into one of the characters that you have played in the past in dungeons and dragons or another game um what's what's a character and a moment that comes to mind that would um maybe make for a, an interesting time for steven
3: well there was one um there was one ongoing um campaign i was playing that wasn't not um uh, wasn't D D. if we're not if we're not being uh, i guess system purists i was playing a um a game in a run setting, but using um, using uh, Savage Worlds, um, as the as the mechanic, um, the 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 system. So, uh, and I was playing uh an orc mage, um, and uh, her um, uh, I guess, flaw or, or one of the, her characteristics was was an inability to to lie, like like, to, and and I leaned really hard into that as 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 a as a char- as a character thing so she had a um she had um disadvantages again like a, and and all of those sort of deception roles um i made it that that kind of very um like poorly so well you know bad a bad social skills kind of um kind of kind of thing as as part of the character and then there was one situation where she um well had chosen to try and um use deception to um, to enter someone's um uh, apartment, like a uh, you know they it's a it's a it's a it's a shadow run a group of, group of shadow runners they're trying to get entrance into this apartment building, of a of of a mark, and she knocked on the door. The person answered, and she said, "Uh, your pizza's here." <laughs> we rolled uh, like made a made a persuasion roll, you know, with all all of these the disadvantages against her, and and you know, and completely aced it, like nailed nailed this role. it's not a not a d twenty system, but like like against all odds, completely nailed it, and I think the one of the best possible explanations for that this this completely terrible at lying character um suddenly um managing to deceive this, this person would be if leap
0: had leaped into her at that very
3: moment. Oh, fantastic. Do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a that is a, a great story a great moment cool <laughs> all right um so jared is there um anything that you want to promote where can people find you online that kind of stuff give us give us any spiel you want to give well um there's
3: nothing to promote at the moment if you want to find me online then uh, the best place for the moment we'll see here we'll see how it is by the time this goes <laughs> out is is probably still uh twitter uh jared under underscore underscore baker
0: cool all right good stuff thank you jared see you later cool so i'm uh, very happy to have a chance to chat further with the player for the amazing free free it's Harriet Pribble hello harriet how are you
5: hello i am very well thank you how are you
0: oh, i'm doing good doing good i'm really excited to have a have a chance to talk a little bit about free free they were um they were a real um eye catching Ear catching part of the uh, of the um, adventure that we just went through, and um, I'm pretty keen to hear a bit about your perspective on Free Free and who they are and what they're about. But before we get into that, I thought I'd um, ask you about something else. So you are you are an actor, and I saw you on stage in a um, role related to Dungeons and Dragons. You played the lead in a show called She Kills Monsters. And um, it was a great show, I really loved watching it, I, I thought you did a fantastic job, I thought everyone did a fantastic job in that show, um, but it really um, it really struck me as something quite interesting, a show that had something to say about this this game that we play. Um, so I just wondered if I could invite you to say something about what it was like, I mean maybe say what that show was for people who haven't heard of it before and, and what it was like being that in in that role and what perspective it might have given you.
5: Yeah, sure. So for people who aren't familiar with She Kills Monsters, gosh, it was a little while ago, so hopefully I do it justice with my <laughs> description now. Um, but it's about um, an English teacher whose uh, sister passes away and she discovers a, a campaign that her sister has, has written, a and d campaign, and she decides to play through this campaign um, to kind of get to know her sister a little better. And and the play itself actually uh, delves into the campaign and the characters come alive. And so you're kind of um, watching the real world and then a little bit of immersive D&D world as well. So I really wanted to take part in the show because it was classic D&D. It had these classic archetypes. It had the classic villains. It had... um. You know all of everything that you would hope for. It was it was kind. It's kind of a show for D and D nerds, really. And there were lots of little Easter eggs there that I knew that people would enjoy. But uh, my main experience of the show was it being quite exhausting, because <laughs> uh, if you're if you're in that lead role, you're on stage constantly the whole time. You're you're sword fighting and leaping in and out of battles and going from the real world back into the D and D world and. Um, basically I walked on stage and it felt like a like a blur and then I walked off at the end of it. So I think yeah, sometimes yeah, a really, right. really good D and D session feels like that as well, where you know, sort of five or six hours and you go, Oh my god, I haven't had a break, <laughs> I haven't gone to the bathroom. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. great.
0: That is true. I I I don't think I'd thought until now that you were pretty much on stage that entire time. I think I can remember one one little scene that didn't have you in it, but there weren't many of them yeah <laughs> yeah
5: that one little scene where i'm out back panting and um, chugging water basically that's all i'm doing just trying to actively rest as quickly as i can yeah
0: yeah well that was a um like a really brilliant experience for me in the audience so um yeah yeah if if people get a chance to see this show jump on it um so your uh your acting chops i think were in full display with uh, the amazing free free you you really brought that character to life um, even though you were, you were robbed of the ability to use physical acting, but um, <laughs> just through, through the audio medium, I really got a, a strong sense of who this character was and how they behaved and the way that you described how they were moving. Oh, it, was, it was fantastic. So what can you say about Free Free? And maybe you could start by saying what, what was Free Free? Because I, I don't know that it's entirely clear to people listening what, what Free Free was about, except that they were cool
5: they were definitely cool <laughs> uh so free free is a Verden, and they're a race of continuously mutating goblinoids um so they they look like goblins they're green and they have long pointy ears um but that they're, they're slightly slightly different so i was kind of playing that free free didn't really realize that they were different from a goblin um yeah they're they're kind of they have an element of chaos to them verdins and they there's there's lots of little bits of mutations that happen to them they're actually a a playable race that start as small and when you reach level five they become medium-sized so that's always that's always fun i always like to have long-term campaign fun and it's always um fun especially if you have a, a sort of little character who seems little and cute and then eventually suddenly becomes um the same size as everyone else but yeah, so that's what Free Free was. Um, I think for me, what is important in a character is having a character who uh, always has a sense of propulsion forward. That's always what's fun. And I think Free Free has those that sense of friendship and that sense of wanting to do good. And it, it's it's fun if you have something that is always pulling your character to do things and also pulling your character towards the other people in, in your party because end of the day you know there's no lone, lone wolves in d d
0: <laughs> yeah I'm um, talking with Fraser before Fraser uh, said that he thought Free Free kind of served as I'm, I'm paraphrasing massively as kind of a um, an emotional touch point for the group it seems that when uh, Dougal possessed by this leaping character was kind of acting strangely and insensitively um, the reaction to that would be kind of captured by Free Free much more strongly than the other two characters was that something that you had intended going in or did that just kind of emerge as you as you played?
5: Yeah definitely definitely being someone who is um, very heightened emotionally that that I find enjoyable for role-playing because then you, you know you can react to the situation you can really be in the situation and also when you have other characters who are intellectual or quite intelligent and have to do a lot of planning it can be good to have a character in there who's um it's kind of
2: pure feeling <laughs> not necessarily
5: stupid you know yeah. um although free free was a bit stupid but i think there's a difference between being an idiot versus just being kind of controlled by your emotions which free free is to a certain extent yeah
0: yeah so when we were coming up with characters the the premise that i laid out what i wanted from the characters was just that you would be you would all be lovable in your own ways and free free was certainly lovable um free free was also kind of very as you say kind of very good um is that a kind of common feature of the characters that you play do you tend towards goodness in your characters or what what's a more typical harriet character
5: I do not tend towards goodness in my characters, actually. <laughs> um, so the the stipulations that you laid out were uh, a bar- not a barrier, but I, you know, I really had to think about the type of character that I wanted to play. I tend to play characters who are um, who could go either way morally and are wrestling with that, and uh, not a choice that I make, but that kind of uh, comes to fruition in the campaign i like to create a character who could go good or go bad and it depends what npcs they meet and the things that kind of happen to them you know that's what i find fun but free free was just gonna be good
0: (laughs) well (laughs) speaking as a dungeon master i I love characters who can kind of walk along that moral knife knife edge and and end Mm. up in different and unexpected places that's that's fantastic and um Yeah, Maybe uh, we'll get you back to to either revisit free free or play a character who's more more in your traditional mode and see what happens but um, while we're while we're thinking about leaping uh, I just I would like to ask you a little question and about other characters that you have played if you were able to leap in the same way as um, Quantum leap where you can leap into a character And you could leap into one of these characters that you have played in the past. Is there a character that you have played that you would like to leap into to experience something they experienced? Or maybe that you think you could have done a better job than they did of dealing with something? Or what what comes to mind if you could pick a character you have played and leap into their body?
2: Oh,
5: that is such an excellent question. Um, I mean, my characters I've played, most of them have been very competent and significantly better at life choices than I am. Um, One of my favorite characters that I love playing, though, and I know this is going to make me sound, um, well, anyway, I might edit myself there, but one of my favorite characters that I've played was a tabaxi warlock. So, you know, it's a, it's a cat and their patron was the archfey. It was fairies. It was cats. I loved it. They were very morally complex, though. So that was in a water deep um, dra- dragon heist. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We just called it Waterdeep. Um, so we were all criminals, and my character made a lot of foolish decisions, basically trying to figure out who to align themselves with constantly during the campaign. I kind of created someone who had no real loyalty and just wanted to, um, you know, get to the top by any means necessary. And I think if I could leap into that character, I would probably make some better decisions and treat the people around me a little better whilst being <laughs> a cat, because playing a cat is always fun.
0: That is an absolutely fantastic answer <laughs> brilliant thank you harriet um let's let's wind up is there uh anything that you um you want to say or where could people find you if they want to catch up with what you're doing
5: yeah so i've got some projects that are coming up i can't say exactly what they are now because a few of them haven't been announced yet but if anyone wants to catch up with me further or chat they can find me at harriet Preble. Uh, on twitter just at harriet prebble i'm there a lot i'm chronically online one of those people so um yeah come interact come say hi
0: brilliant thank you so much harriet thank you for being a part of the first adventure for dungeon leap and hope to game with you again soon
5: yeah thank you for having me
0: This was Dungeon Leap Interlude with Jared Baker, Fraser Pete, Harriet Preble and Stephen Youngblood as Leap. Thanks to Enver Ovechian and Alexi Action for music and Nomi Kubomi for sounds. We are switching up now to a new episode every two weeks. That's to make it a bit easier for new listeners to catch up and also to make it easier for us to keep up. Thank you all, um, especially to our new listeners. We have so many great stories ahead. We're so glad to share them with you. Now, we do need your help. Please take a minute to give us five stars, to give us a review, to post about us for your friends. Any of those things are so important. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Diceratops is proud to be part of Kia Fakuto or Aotearoa, Kiwi RPG. I am Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone.